All right, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Good Days Only Podcast with me, your boy, OP. And uh, let me take this headset off real quick. Sorry, rustling around. Should have done that before we push record, huh? It's all good. We here. We here. We out here. And we back at it again with another episode. Good coffee, good vibes, good music coming your way. And uh, episode 43, thank you for tuning in. If it's your first time joining us here, welcome. Welcome. Spreading some love and positivity and uh, getting highly caffeinated. A couple cups in right now. Excited to talk about this little this little number right here. Let me get a little sip sip uh, before we get into the caffeine breakdown. So number 43, the caffeine breakdown. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. And here we are, the caffeine breakdown. Let's get off. Let's get started off here uh, with number one, the coffee name. And the roaster, a little message from the coffee masters, the coffee roasters here. And we're going to talk about a cool little modern spot in uh, northern Seattle, north Seattle. Talking about Santo Coffee Roasters in the building, dude. Santo throws down. Santo is saint in in Spanish. Um, But very recently sprouted, uh, 2018, looks like, up there at 1325 Northeast 65th Street in Seattle, Washington, up in the Roosevelt neighborhood. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about their story here. This is from their website, santocoffee.co. And the vision, the vision, like a line between two dots. Name that lyric. I got the vision like a line between two dots. Tell me the artist that said that and you get a free bag of coffee. We'll do that, huh? Yeah, somebody reach out, send me a DM, tell me who did that, and then you're going to get a free bag of coffee, because that's awesome if you know who I'm talking about. Anyways, um, Santo, the vision. We're a startup shop formed by a family of driven people with a passion for the craft, palettes for quality, and love for community. Y'all already got me hooked, Santo. Love that. Uh, We have worked to create an experience for our guests where every detail is thoughtfully and intentionally considered. Our attention is focused on more than just brewing a beautiful cup of coffee with the perfect medley of aroma, flavor, and consistency. We understand and respect the farmer's hard work of bringing the coffee seed to the roaster, who then carefully and diligently brought some of the freshest green coffee you can find to its wonderfully roasted state. This is why you'll find that we serve a simple menu. We want to serve coffee in some of its purest forms while selecting the right vessels for specific brews and engaging in our guests with our guests uh, as instant family and friends. We seek to be partners and pioneers in the evolving Seattle specialty coffee scene while making the best impact we can on the people that we meet along the way. Dude, Shout out Santo Coffee Roasters. And I get all of this. Everything that they're saying in that, like when I went and, and, and checked the spot out, had some coffee there, sat down with a good friend and, and you know, just chatted about life, caught up and uh, really enjoyed the atmosphere in in the coffee shop there. Um, and what they say right here, dude, every detail is thoughtfully and intentionally considered. 
and they mean it. Dude, you walk in, let me just tell you, let me just tell you what I notice immediately. All right, this is my experience when I walk in. So you walk in, high ceilings, boom, love it. I mean, you know, high ceilings, uh, you walk in and whether it's 250 square feet, 500 or 1,000 square feet, it feels bigger than it really is, you know, because you got that extra height. So you walk in, high ceilings, dope suede-like, vintage, um, like emerald green color, uh, like five, six person L-shaped couch. So this big old, nice big statement piece, right? So you walk in, high ceilings, big suede couch, big open floor plan. And, uh, and since we got the high ceilings, you know, we got a lot of natural light because of the tall windows. Um, the, so like open floor plan, coffee bar, uh, counter, you know, where you order almost looked like it was just like a, a huge, um, like waist height, 20 foot slab of polished lava rock or, or, um, like obsidian. Yeah. Obsidian. So imagine this, right? It's like this big coffee, big, um, big slab of like obsidian and a nice big, like rectangular, uh, shape, right? About waist height. And, it just seemed like this has been there forever, right? Like it was masoned into this huge counter table with like a, you know, I don't know, like some some masons back in the day. Um, been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. So that's what that reminded me of. Uh, you know, a couple big shiny, uh, probably stainless steel coffee makers on top, which, you know, to me, kind of subconsciously, I feel like the big slab of rock that's just in the bait in the middle of the room it's just like i belong here you know like who moved this rock this this rock must have been there already because there's no way somebody like moved this thing and put it here and then built a coffee shop you, you know like this rock was here for millennia or something um so maybe i don't know you know maybe that's uh santo staking their claim in the specialty coffee game they're like hey we're here like this big ass table and we're here to stay we're here. We ain't going nowhere. Um, but I don't know. So, yeah, that's the, that's the first things that I noticed, right? And then there's, like, a bunch of tables with some chairs. They have, like, a retracting uh, window that, like, the whole wall kind of moves. So it's an uh, indoor-outdoor space as well. Um, but I don't know. I The staff was hella cool. Everybody was nice, you know. So everything that they're saying, like, in, the, in their story, in their vision, they nailed that on the head. All right, so, yeah, we we cut out. We cut out there for a second. System overload, but that's all right. We back, we back. So where was I? Staff was hella cool. Everybody was nice. Like, I imagine, you know, we could probably be homies outside the coffee shop or in the coffee shop. Uh, all in all, the vibe from the shop, super cool. Uh, definitely a memorable experience. and makes you want to come back. It makes you want to come back. Uh, I did try... Oh, here, let's go. Let's go a little bit into there. Continue this this story. So the coffee at this time, we have one type of coffee comprised of several Colombian varietals. This is the Santo blend is what they tell us. Uh, This well-balanced, versatile coffee yields bright flavors of red fruits, sugarcane, blueberry and caramel. 
the coffee in this blend was carefully sourced to ensure a well-rounded, beautiful cup while utilizing a direct trade model. The families and farms from which these coffees originate are always paid well above market price, allowing us to do our part in enriching and improving the lives of those who work the fields. Yes, I love that, and I especially love that because your boy, you know, growing up out in the fields, dude, eastern Washington, you know that if you ever worked out manual labor, you don't got AC in the hot summertime, you don't got um, heaters, and, you know, when it's getting cold and it's freezing, you know, so you're battling the elements. It might be raining, you're out there with a freaking jacket, you know, it sucks, and, um, and you're out there all day, just busting, like, just, you know, working hard, so... Uh, shout out to Santo for, for giving back to those and paying above, well above market price. All right. Uh, we let us see it. We let us see it. And so, yes, the Santo blend. So I tried this Santo blend, right? When I was there, I just tried a nice, nice, uh, nice cup there that was brewed up and it was nice. It was nice. It was a, it was a smooth sip. Nothing that was, um, crazy exciting about it or anything, but the bag that I did bring home. Now, this is what we're going to chat about because this bag didn't unbeknownst to me at the time, right? This is a special little bag. I didn't know until after I brought it home and looked it up. Well, also when they rang it up because I was like, oh, okay. So that's how, what's it? You sure? You didn't just scan it twice? Um, we got ourselves a nice little, nice little bag, 12 ounce bag of uh, a Ethiopian whoosh, whoosh, coffee bean. Yeah, I said whoosh, whoosh. That's an awesome name, right? And this awesome name is, uh, that's exactly why I got it. The bag ain't too appealing. It's a white bag. It's nice. It's, there's no, like, no frills, nothing crazy about it. There's a, the Santo logo, but the name is what drew me in. And it's named after the region in Ethiopia, where it was originally found, the Wush Wush region. So, let's talk about that, uh, the coffee a little bit here. This Wush Wush, likely a light or light medium roast from uh, from the taste and the flavor profile. Everything that I found online um, says that this is, you know, this light, lighter roast, light medium roast is generally where you get the best flavor profile for this, this, uh, this bean, these beans right here. And um, from from coffeeaffection.com, let me read this little little blur. Most whoosh whoosh is produced in small batches, since it's very rare, uh, a very rare variety to begin with. Roasters typically don't have it on hand. Uh, even if you're lucky enough to find some in stock, be prepared to pay a pretty penny. Thanks coffeefection.com should have probably googled it before that's fine um the price will will vary between roasters but 30 dollars for 12 ounces seems to be the going rate and they were not wrong because i think it was like exactly 30 dollars for this bag or 32 bucks for this bag something that i found out you know as uh as uh, by by personal experience so fyi you know, if you're interested in looking this coffee up, just know, just know that you're going to be paying a little bit. But is it worth it? I say yes. If you're trying to explore a new coffee and you want to test, you know, rain, that range, the palette range, dude, this is uh, this is something that you should you should definitely try and, and find or go for. Um, 
in another description of the coffee um, from Revel Roasters out of Montana, the Whoosh Whoosh, their Whoosh Whoosh, was named one of the top 10 coffees of 2020 by Coffee Review with a score of 96 points. Um, Coffee Review dropped this in, uh, in 2020. Richly aromatic, levitatingly high-toned. What kind of description is that, huh? Levitatingly high-toned. Damn, that, that just makes you think like, oh, okay, I guess, because these are fancy words. Um, lychee, passion fruit, dark chocolate, candied violet, sage in aroma, and cup. Layered sweet tart savory structure with juicy, vibrant acidity. Full syrupy mouth feel. The resonant finish centers around lychee, dark chocolate, and sage. They just dropped a bunch of words in there, dude. I feel like this description is like all over the place. They got they they just covered every single layer. Um, but that's how complex this cup is. Like, you know, I'm not gonna pretend to know all the ins and outs of this flavor profile, but I could tell you to me what it is like the the um the fruity dude for sure. Like it, it just immediately off the bean, like you, you, you open the bag and it's just the full beans and you get this like burst, like this, this waft of this, uh, like fruity kind of almost like syrupy and, um, like, you know, like, um, like when you open a bag of fruity pebbles, remember that? Like when you were a kid, when we were kids, you, you just like, or now if you eat cereal, I mean, I just haven't had fruity pebbles in a while, but when you open up that bag and you just get that woof. And you're like, oh yeah, this is that, this is that sweet, sweet sugar. These are that fruity pebbles. That's what it reminded me of, like being a kid and opening up your favorite bag of sugary cereal, or just like sweet, you know, that sweet smell. Um, but uh, where, where we at? Oh yeah, okay. So the whoosh whoosh. Uh, the, the coffee review goes on to say, whoosh whoosh encompasses the entirety of the palate with amazing intensity and balanced syrupy body and fruit juice acidity fruit juice acidity i like that description because it is kind of fruit and juicy when you're when you're drinking this of all the various floral and fruit notes one can pick out the one that seems to come to the forefront the most the the one that seems to come to the forefront the most as the cup cools is watermelon taffy interesting watermelon taffy i don't know about that but the finish is lasting and sweet like a dehydrated fruit leather snack i agree with that i agree with that like those uh those healthy you know uh fruit roll-ups the ones that are just like the the leather the leather yeah fruit leather snacks uh that i would compare let me get a little sip sip right here while we're talking about it see what see what we get on the nose dude i think like kind of smells like um what's that like lavender a little bit maybe even like a hint a hint of lavender let me see yeah dude and that um that fruit juice acidity mm-hmm. gives the whole palate they ain't, they ain't wrong about that dude this is just so intricate and every time that you take a, a little sip you can taste a little some some a little different maybe you know um and i did try a different cup i tried just a classic uh lavaza 
dark roast, like espresso roast before having this cup, just to compare them just now, like recently, like a couple, like 30 minutes ago. And, um, and yeah, dude, like this is just a whole different world. It's a different ball game. It's not even, it ain't even the same freaking sport just about, you know? Um, but with this one, what we do for the Bruce style and the grind type, you know, we got to hit them with a nice medium fine grind right here. Hit it with the pour over the aromas again. Boom. Pop up. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the beans smell nice. Right. But when you grind them up, we know you get, it opens up that that aroma. But immediately again, dude, hit with that that sweet fruity when you when you open uh, when you open up the open up the the grinder super fruity like i swear yeah it's just like you open up that bag of fruity pebbles dude uh so hit it with the pour over and then the aromas you know with the bloom and the and it just like oh man it just fills the room and it's not like the classic coffee that you think of like just that dark coffee smell in the room is more of a bright like you're like oh is that is am i walking into a tea house is this the fruity pebbles uh manufacturing floor or is this a coffee shop i don't know right because it's like it's a mixture of all these things but delicious delicious dare i say dare i say 10 out of 10 dude I don't know, man. Let me read the back of the bag. I didn't even read this. Sorry. Uh, Seattle-based Santo Coffee Co. was formed when Seattle Sounders soccer legend, for the, those of you that follow the Sounders, uh, Freddy Montero, teamed up with colleagues that share his passion for all things coffee. Our coffee is expertly crafted by dedicated people who value quality and love for community. There you go. Look at that. Seattle Sounders approved this message. Um... But yes, bag here, again, nothing too, appearance and packaging, nothing too crazy, just a white bag. Um, the, the, uh, they got an Instagram, check them out on Instagram, at Santo Coffee, but santocoffee.co, dude, this whoosh whoosh, definitely gotta try and find some, I was actually, I googled it, cause I was like, where, where can I get some whoosh whoosh, and the, when you type in whoosh whoosh, if you guys remember, back in episode 25, we tried a Nicaragua, um, a Nicaragua coffee or Nicaraguan bean from, um, freaking, what was it called? Red rooster, red rooster or the rooster, red rooster, red rooster coffee roasters out of Virginia. And they gave us them Nicaraguan beans. And that was delicious. They also have a whoosh whoosh over there at red rooster in Virginia. If you're around the area, check them out. Um, but delicious. Would I purchase again? Yes. I'll have to check with my accountant before I do though. And, um, yeah, dude, check them out. Check out Santo. And if you can get your hands on some whoosh whoosh, get that whoosh whoosh. But, uh, they, they got some other, they got like some snacks in there too. I ate, uh, um, like this, um, blueberry. I like fruit. I like fruity, like muffins and pastries and stuff. Try this blueberry um, uh, bread that they had in there. That was good. That was good with a little little cup of coffee. And then, oh, actually, before I forget, dude, I did try. They had a latte. It was called uh, 
panela, panela latte, and it was unrefined Colombian sugar cane, orange bitters, and this uh, this espresso, dude. And that those the mixture of those the orange bitters, ooh, dude, with that coffee really opened it up. That sugar cane, Colombian sugar cane. It just like the the mixture of those things all together was was very delicious. So, dude, check them out. It's a cool spot if you're around the Roosevelt neighborhood, especially. Swing by there might be your next your new your new go to. Um, you know, sit on that that vintage suede couch. Um, but ten out of ten, I'll definitely be searching for these whoosh whoosh again. Uh, let's get into the next section. Let's get into the good vibes. Good vibes coming at ya now. That's such a cool little guitar thing. Dude, okay, so, good vibes. We out here. And it's October. Spooky season, dude. Spooky season, themed parties, candy, and spooky juice. Yes, spooky juice. I'm going to put y'all on our favorite drink around this time. We actually kind of got sick of this drink last year because we made it so often. Um, but you know, don't have any specific measurements for you. We don't really do measurements in this B, but, uh, we go off the vibes, you know? Um, of course this is the good vibe section. So let me give you the, the, the ingredients and then you can kind of mix and match and see uh, exactly how many, what the measurements you like, uh, you know, for, for this, this, uh, spooky juice, but this spooky juice, we tried it first at a place called the stone hut bar, maybe the stone, stone hut, stone hut. What am I, what is it? Stone hut bar. No, that's in Walla Walla stone pub. I'll think of the name. It's on Rainier in, uh, out here in, uh, in Seattle and it's right there. It's got a, you got a view of, um, Lake Washington. Yeah. Lake Washington, like the Southern, Southern end of, of Lane, Lake Washington. Um, but we tried this there around Halloween, liked it so much that we were like, dude, we gotta, we gotta make this, this recipe again. The Stonehouse Cafe, that's what it is. A cool little vibe in there. They got a little haunted house you could even walk, walk through. Got a bunch of food, some good food. They got some good drinks. Um, and it's cool. It's a cool little spot, but spooky juice. All right. So let's get into this. So get yourself a little vodka, two shots of vodka, a little vodka, whatever your favorite vodka is, right? And then let's get ourselves uh, a little apple cider. Now, not just any apple cider. Got to get you some honey crisp apple cider. All right. Haters going to hate. You might be like, is apple cider is the same thing. But no, dude, there's a difference. There's a difference. That honey crisp, it just hits a little different. But uh, honey crisp apple cider. You got a little vodka. You got some limes. For a little freshness, add some zest, you know, to cut the cut the alcohol, cut the vodka a little bit. Some uh, salted caramel sauce or syrup, um, and then 
Also, what else? So we got the limes. We got the uh, vodka, apple cider, the salted caramel sauce, and then uh, some ginger ale. Some Reed's Extra Ginger Brew All Natural Jamaican Style Ginger Beer. Dude, tell me if you've tried that stuff. If you haven't tried that stuff and you like ginger ale or ginger beer, you need to try that because it's the best. Um, you get yourself a little four four count. You know, it's got the red tops with the little palm trees on the box. I think uh, you can find them at like QFC, maybe Safeway, probably Safeway. I think we've gotten them at QFC, though. Um, mix these things together over some ice, dude, and you got yourself a little spooky juice. Um, AKA, it's a variation. It's pretty much, it's a variation of a Moscow mule. Uh, but, and also, you know, if you're not into alcohol like that, you can also do this minus the vodka and it's just a good little drink. It's just delicious. It's awesome. Um, the, you could also do, if you don't want to, if, if you don't have the uh, ginger ale, you could do it. I think we've done it with LaCroix, like a little lime LaCroix, just to get those bubbles in there. And it's so delicious, dude. Probably like the measurement wise. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of eyeball it. You know what you like. You like the juice. You like a little more carbonation, put a little more carbonation in there. You like the vodka, put a little more vodka. Or if you don't like vodka, don't put the vodka, you know? It's up to you. But those are the ingredients that you need. And uh, and I have faith in you. I think you can figure it out. It's delicious, though. And it'll be a party favorite. Also, um, the the uh, on the Honeycrisp apple cider bit, we've tried it without the Honeycrisp apple cider. Just a normal apple cider. And I think the main difference is it's a little more tart. Like the, the Honeycrisp one is a little bit more tart. And that helps, I think, cut the, um, the alcohol, the vodka in there as well. So enjoy, enjoy. Next section, dude. And this is funny because here we are. You know what? I'm just so vamos marineros. Let's go. Although, you know, heartbreak happened in Seattle yesterday. Mariners are out, but it was a sold out crowd. 47,000 people plus is what the commentators uh, were saying. That's a lot. That's almost 50,000 people. That's insane. Um, very young squad in in the Seattle Mariners. They had a lot of young young stars, young, young players. Um, George Kirby, shout out to you. He is the man, dude. Out on the mound, he was playing like he'd been in the league for 20 years. Young fella, 24 years old, dude. Rookie, born in 1998. Ah, dude, that's nuts. Even crazier, Julio Yarnel Rodriguez, dude. Another rookie, 21 years of age. Born in the year 2000. Dude, 6'3", 228 pounds. How, dude? How? That's insane. That's that's a full grown man in a like that's a young kid in a man's body. That's insane. Uh, makes me think, you know, we all talk about like you hear people say like, oh, 1970. Oh, that was 30 years ago. Seems like it. Right. Maybe just seems that way to 90s babies. I mean, you know, I was born in 95. So by the time that I'm like 
five years old, I, I'm like, okay, I know how to count to 30 or whatever, probably, right? I don't know if that lines up well, but um, so you're like, oh, yeah, 1970 to the year 2000, 30 years. So then that just gets stuck in your head, you know, as a 90s baby. I've been like, when I do 1970, you know, I got to do some quick math for like dates and stuff um, pretty often. And so I'm like, okay, 1970, that's 30 years. So I have to like, that's a, anyways, whatever, what I'm saying, what I'm trying, the point that I'm trying to get at is like, God, I'm getting old, but it's weird. It's weird seeing like the little stickers when you get to the register at the store and they say, you know, must be born, um, on or before this day in 2001, right? Or whatever. Yeah. It's 2001 now, which is insane because my entire life, I swear I was like, it was, you know, from when I was five till I was like 20, I swear it was like, must be born on in 1986, 19, whatever, 90. And it was, it's just like, God damn. That's nuts. 2021. Cause we're, we're, we're sorry. 2001 was 21 years ago. We're 2022. I remember being in like sixth grade and thinking we had this thing. It was May day. It was, um, every year, small school, right? So we had this thing called May day and I'm sure other people celebrate in some sort of fashion, but we, um, there was like all of the classes. It was a K through 12 school that I went to growing up. So every elementary grade uh had to put on this like performance like this dance performance for the may may day court like the, there was a queen and a king and like the princes and prince, whatever kind of like homecoming but may day and um just this long-standing tradition at our school um and i remember being in like sixth grade or seventh grade or something and like the the kindergartners would come up and it'd be like the class of 2020 21 or whatever 2020 and it was like dude that's insane that's so far off in the future it's like i'm probably gonna be dead by that time but now it's you know 2022 and these kids that were kindergartners when i was in sixth or seventh grade or whatever are now like adults and like probably binge drinking in college or something like that's crazy that's insane it's just weird getting older and then just realizing like, wow, where did the, all this time go? Where did 27 years go? Right. Um, but anyways, okay. So it's been cool watching the Mariners, you know, the squad got into the playoffs first time in 21 years. Um, and it's, it's been even cooler seeing, you know, the city and everybody gather around and, and support. We all heard of the Seattle freeze, right? Like, People in Seattle are like, oh, hey, but then they're just kind of like, you know, they'll be like kind to your face. But then it's just like, eh, whatever that person, I probably won't ever talk to them again. So they don't really care or, or whatever. Right. Um, but like sports around the sports, everybody's like when, when some crazy shit like this is happening. Right. The Mariners, like 50,000 people are in this stadium now and everybody's like ah, you're a Mariners fan. I'm a Mariners fan. You're from Seattle. I'm from Seattle. We connect. We write, we connect on that level. So everybody's like, there's just this sense of camaraderie, like the Seattle um, uh, area, right? Uh, but dude, game three, crazy. 
game three yesterday. So game three of the first round of the actual playoffs, right? I was, I was watching the game, playing against the Astros. They're here in Seattle. It was super smoky outside and hazy like it's been for the last couple of weeks because there's still some wildfires going on up here. And um, it was like, I was like, okay, so zero to zero, right? And we're in the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the chance it's the Mariners are up to bat. So it's at the bottom of the ninth inning. And so if the score here, it's like, it's game over. But, uh, so I was like, oh dude, this is the perfect time. I'm going to take some notes so that I can recount this crazy phenomenal ending. You know, like I was like, okay, Mariners, you just gotta like freaking score one run, dude. That's it. It's been three hours or whatever, right? And you're playing out here. I was like, I'm going to just take some notes and do like a little play-by-play. This will be something cool, right, for for tomorrow for me to now talk about right now. And um, took some notes. And I probably won't read all of these (laughs) because if you followed the game at all, you'll know that it went to 18 innings. So this is an extra nine. Like literally it was two games, essentially. Um, but I was expecting like, okay, maybe the bottom of the ninth, 10th, 11th inning, I'll take some play by play notes and it'll be cool so that people that didn't tune into the game or watch the game would be able to, you know, maybe take a little bit of the understand like, holy shit, like this was an intense ending. Right. So, um, but took some notes and let me just get through a couple of these here and, and, uh, (laughs) and we'll see. So. Because I I haven't looked at these since since I was taking them, and I I'll probably just fumble through this a little bit, but I think it'll be a little bit fun. It'll be kind of fun. Let me get a I'm just I'm, let me get a little sip sip though right here. So, mm-hmm. All right, here we are, Mariners, Astros. Now, mind you, this is game three of so in this round of of the of the series of the playoffs this series it's the first team to get best best of five right so first team to get three wins right in this series and the astros if you haven't been following them were up two wins to zero in two actually pretty like heartbreaking losses for the mariners um because the mariners were up in both of those games for like a substantial amount of time and then just ended up, you know, one thing leads to another. And that's sports. That's sports is like, you don't really fucking know ever until like, you know, and we've learned that if you're a Cougar fan, if you're a WSU Cougar fan, you've learned that over way too long, all the years of Cougar football specifically, like games like USC, I think a couple of years ago, the Cougs were up by like 40 points. Everybody's like solid. This is done. Like I wasn't in Pullman at that time. And so I turned off the game because it was like a 10:30 PM. And I was like, there's no way that, Mar- that, uh, that the Cougs are going to be, you know, it's like the fourth quarter. There's no, there no way they're going to lose. They're up by like 20 points, 30 points. And then whoever the other team, I think it was USC that the Cougs were playing came back and, f- and won and won that game. I remember waking up and just like being depressed the next morning. But anyways, that's beside the point. Here we are Mariners. This is the game. If the Mariners win, their playoff hopes, their World Series hopes stay alive. If they lose, 
then the Astros win the first three games, sweep the Mariners, and uh, and that's it. That's it for the Mariners for this season. All right. So here we are, bottom of the ninth. I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it. God damn. Uh, bottom of the ninth. Runners on first and second. Cal Raleigh, a.k.a. Big Domper, dude. You might have heard that nickname. Uh, he's on second base in scoring position. We got Mitch Hanniger on first after getting hit by pitch, bounced off his hand. Bottom of the ninth. The count is one ball, two strikes. Carlos Santana. Patient guy, patient hitter. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard the commentator say that yesterday. Patient hitter. Pulls a, pulls a ball, foul. Pulls two foul balls. No, pulls three foul balls. And another. Dude, that's four foul balls. The pitcher throws two more balls. Now, this has been nine pitches. You know, so the, the count is full. Three balls, two strikes. Whew. Santana strikes out. Damn, dude. Strikes out. But that's a pretty good at bat. You know, not as good as it would have been if he would have hit it and then, you know, one of the Mariners players would have scored. But let me tell you, as a pitcher, this is a damn nerve-wracking, annoying, frustrating situation. Because you're like, all right, he's connecting a little bit on these because he's fouling them off. Is a matter of, you know, an inch. And that ball's flying off the bat. So you start getting in your own head. And you're like, dude, God, I've, I have two strikes on this guy. I just need to get one more in there. And, you know, he, he's done. He's out. And then my team can come up to bat. And then, like, we're, you know, hopefully we score. But in classic Mariner fashion, you know, the runners are left hanging out on base. Pitcher kept his composure. Way to go. So Mariners are out on the field. It's the top of the 10th. All right. Big defense starting with another... Um, Young blood, dude, 24-year-old Canadian Matt Brash. Three Astros, three Astros batters up, three of them down. Too easy, dude. Too easy for the young fella, Mr. Brash. Now the Mariners are up to bat once more. All right, we got Jared, double R, Kellenick at bat. Get this. He's 23 years old, dude. What? Like everybody's just babies. Everybody was born in like 97 plus, I swear. Um, so 23-year-old strikes out. Okay, one out is the bottom of the 10th. J.P. Morgan's up. Watches strike one go by. Whew. Swings on the second. Foul ball. All right. And so here's the thing. Any of these dudes, anybody, if you swing, like these guys are swinging Swinging for the fences, dude. Because they're like, all right, I could be the guy that hits this over the fence. And then that's game. Our team wins. Like, you know, we're up. We're steady. Um, so everybody's, you know, swinging. Missing, dude. Strike two. Strike three. J.P. Morgan up to bat. And he's out. That's out number two for the inning. For this, the bottom of the tenth. Two outs. Nobody on base. Julio Rodriguez freaking guy dude this guy's gigantic so he's got the power we know he's got the power he's the young prodigy he's the he's the you know the next freaking best you know uh king felix dude like he's he's up there i hope you know in in for future seasons we'll see but this season killed it now julio rodriguez flies out into right field fly ball is caught that's out number three 
by this time, dude, this is intense. This is intense. I wrote in here, dude, this is intense. Uh, so the Mariners defense, we back on the field now and we got to hold out, dude. Come on. Paul Seawald is on the mound. Our boy, Paul, seen some more seasons. Okay. He's 32. He's 32 years old, um, 32 years on this earth. And, uh, yeah, we're in extra innings, but so what, dude? Paul stays cool with it, dude. 18 pitches, three batters up, three batters down. That is is a fucking inning, dude, as a pitcher, especially in the MLB. Come on, man. Um, so yeah, nobody on base. Now is the bottom of the 11th. Dude, the Mariners are up to bat. Why can nobody hit the ball, dude? I swear by this point, I was like, yo, what is happening here? Why are what, what, But the pitching, though, the pitching was intense this game. Like this is hats off to all the pitchers that were involved because they were pitching their asses off, dude. So here we are. Now it's the 12th inning, right? Paul Seawald back on the mound. Um, the Because the all of the Mariners struck out. There was, you know, three up, three down. Same thing. 12th inning. Paul Seawald back on the mound. Uh, only three games at this point. I had to Google this. I looked it up. Only three games in the history of the MLB have ever been scoreless after the 11th inning. Two had been in this last week in the playoffs. Now, so the tension is high, dude. Our boy, our boy Paul, freaking drills a batter. God, okay, wasn't liking how close the batter was getting to the plate. Huh? I guess I don't know. Astros got a runner on base here now. All right, zero outs. So we're stressing a little bit, but that's all right because Paul, our boy, he redeems himself. All right, gave us a little scare pegging that dude. But strikes out a couple, so now we're at two outs. All right, we got one Astro man on base. Paul Stanton, see while you bad man, dude. Uh, strikes out a third man, and the M's are clear, dude. We're in the clear. We're back to bat. We're back up at bat yet again. Now is the bottom of the twelfth, and here it's like, bro, what? Henry's on the edge of his seat. I'm on the edge of my seat. Zoe doesn't even like sports. She's watching the game. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because now it's three extra innings. And I'm like, like, by now I was hoping that these notes, my, my laptop's about to die. Like, I was hoping that that was going to be it. But Mitch Hanniger up to bat, goes down looking. Come on, dude. It's a tough pill to swallow as a batter, too. It sucks when you're up there. The game's on the line. You know everybody's watching you. There's 50,000 fans in the stadium. There's, you know, I mean... I played baseball and it was just like our parents and like friends watching. So I can't even imagine the stress of just like, and that was stressful, right? Having just like your parents watching or like your crush was like out on the bleachers watching you guys. And like now this is 50,000 people, but you know what, whatever you're getting paid to do this. This is your job. This is your gig. And you've worked hard your entire life to get here, but it's still a tough pill to swallow when you go down looking, dude. Um, so he's the first out of the inning. Carlos Santana is now up to bat, batting lefty, fouls the first pitch. Watches another ball go by. The, the count is now 1-1. He fouls the second. Watches the second ball. Two more balls go by. Now the count is full. Three balls, two strikes, dude. Rookie pitcher on the mound, too, for Houston, uh, Hunter Brown. Whew. Carlos Santana, left-handed. Pulls trigger on the full count pitch. And he bounces it in the right field. And the M's got a man on base. Here we go. Here we go. 
Carlos Santana, you bad man. Now we got Matt Frazier up to bat. All right. And he just freaking on the first pitch hits it to the second baseman and the Astros get a double play. Turns the game into the 13th inning. Yikes, dude. Yikes. My hands are getting sweaty right now. Uh, we had another. This is getting too intense even for the recording software right now, dude, because uh, um, we'll get through this. OK, so this shit goes on. Right. He, so Frazier uh, hits the second baseman. Double play. 13th inning. And um, then we got a new pitcher on the mound for the Mariners and uh, strikes out the first batter out of his Alex Bregman up to bat for the Astros. Um, flies out to Kelnick in left field. Kelnick was like he was running. He was flying. He was jumping. He was fucking diving after balls. It was crazy. Um, imagine, too, this is five hours into the game. How tired everybody's got to be. Like fans are like everybody's just been standing for five hours. I swear it's crazy. And you can hear the crowd through through the TV, through the speakers. And I'm sure it was just so hype, dude. Kellenic, um is up to bat. And OK, so I must have skipped a couple things here. OK, whatever. This goes on and on. Right. For a couple more innings. Let me just go down. I'm going to scroll uh until let's see our boy matt festa is on the mound right and this is now what inning am i in so we were in the 13th this is the 14th let's go down and just go into like the 15th all right so we're in the top of the 15th inning right because this shit just going back and forth back and forth back and forth and uh top of the 15th vasquez up to bat for houston pops out on the first pitch from festa matt festa this dude was just fucking throwing the heat dude festa pitch number two of the 15th inning and jose altuve hits a deep center crack dude like that was scary because i thought that was going over for sure but the catch is too easy for julio rodriguez all right now um that's out number two and we got pena up to bat for the astros festa one ball two strikes and Festa, dude, we got to start calling this this fella BDF. Man, if you know, you know. Because, uh, yeah, dude, he was just, he was on one. Like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He was just striking dudes out left and right. Or they were popping up or grounding out. Like, it was, his pitching was on point. Um, Next, we got Adam Frazier up to, up to bat. All right, so now we're in the... Uh, Bottom of the 15th inning. Adam Frazier up to bat. Garcia on the mound for the Astros. First pitch, ball. Before a solid swing, foul ball. Then a foul tip. So now the count is one ball, two strikes. Frazier strikes out again, dude. Come on. Come on. Again, all the pitching, though. The pitching was on point. On both teams, both sides. Did an awesome job pitching. Now... We got Jared Kelnick up to bat. Come on, my guy. Watch a strike one go by. All right. That's all right. That's all right. We pros. That's all right. There's one strike. We ain't stressing. Watch a strike two go by. Okay. That's all right. Zero balls, two strikes. And he swings on the third and he misses on the third. That's two quick outs, dude. Two quick outs. Now, J.P. Crawford up to bat swings big on the first pitch dude big whiffer though man 
watches the second pitch go by. Count is 1-1. Now he nearly swings on the next pitch, but it's ball two. Good way to hold back. Way to hold back on that, JP. Two balls, one strike. And Crawford swings, connects, but he grounds out to first base. God damn, dude. So now this is the first postseason game to go 16. That's 16 scoreless innings. Insane. Insane. Matthew Boyd, Seattle native, on the mound. The Mariners are back on defense. And now it's the top of the 17th. Jordan Alvarez up to bat for the Astros. First pitch, first swing. Pops the ball up and that's uh, 4M's jerseys running to it before Kelnick calls his teammates off and he makes that catch. That's one out. Pitcher's game, man. Pitcher's game. Bregman up to bat for the Astros and rips one into the left field. Gets on first base. Woo! All right. Now we got Boyd versus Kyle Tucker at the plate. First pitch is a ball. The count moves to two balls, one strike. At this point, there are 430 pitches in the game. 431 after Tucker fouls the pitch, and now the the count is three balls, one strike. Boyd's pulled off the mound after walking Tucker. Now we got a runner on first and second. Guriel is up to bat for the Astros. Runners on first and second. This is scary because... That's a runner in scoring position, dude. Penn Murphy gets gets uh, brought up to the mound for the Seattle Mariners, dude. Now at this point, they were showing which how many players were still how many pitchers were still left in the bullpen, and at this point, there was only one pitcher left in the bullpen for Seattle. The first pitch is ripped, dude, into right center, and this is the hopes. This is everything's going down the drain. You can see it. I, you just hear the crack of the bat, and you're like, God damn, this is it. Right center, but the boy Julio Rodriguez flying, dude. He covered probably, I don't know, I'd say like, what, 30 yards to get under it and slides for the catch. The The runners were on first and second. The runner that was on second tags up and he runs to third. So now we got runners on first and third as Murphy pitches and Alvarez pops out, sending the Mariners back to the dugout. Julio Rodriguez up to bat. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Yo, I realize I realize now like this is taking forever. And I type this right here. I realize this is taking forever, but this is a true nail biter. God damn, dude. Woo. That was, that was a lot. That was a lot. Garcia on the mound for Houston. It's the 16th inning. Is it the 16th inning? Yeah, bottom of the 16th inning. First pitch, ball one. Second pitch, a big swing, dude. Swing and a miss by Rodriguez before a pop out. Just behind the third baseman. Now Ty France, first baseman, up to bat. First pitch, swing and a miss. Strike one. Strike two comes on another big swing and a miss. Everybody's swinging for the fences, dude, because they're like, I'm sure they're like, dude, I just got to get this over the fence and then it's game over. I'm the hero and we're done. But you can't think like that, dude. You just got to get on base, get somebody in running in scoring position and get them in. Easier said than done, though, because you're up there and you're like... I'm going to be that man, you know, I'm going to be that man that pulls this, you know, and, and, and gets our team to the next game. Remember, this is everything on the line for the Mariners, dude. And if I'm an Astros player or fan, like I really ain't tripping. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to, to sweep the Mariners and be done with it. But even if you lose, you're like, dude, we still got 
more time, right? But you can't think like that, you know, whatever. Anyways, Ty France, he's out number two with another big swing and a miss, dude. Three swings, three misses. Get that boy back in the dugout. Uh, this brings up Dylan Moore. Watch his ball one go by. Watch his ball two go by. Everyone in the stadium, dude's on their feet. They pan out to everybody in the stadium. All eyes on Dylan. Oh, man. Next three pitches, three swings, three misses. God damn, dude. Now we're in the 17th inning. This literally, it's nighttime. It's dark out. At one point in the game, like the outfielders had to block the sun, dude, with their gloves uh, to see the ball because it was so high. The sun was so high in the sky, but uh, it's dark. It's The lights are now on because it's literally dark outside. Murphy's on the mound. So this is like his second or third inning that he's been out there, which is kind of nuts. And um, so Murphy on the mound, McCormick up to bat and pops out to center field after two pitches. Cristian Vasquez up to bat and watches strike one go by. Murphy fires pitch two and it's in. It's fouled, making the count zero balls, two strikes. Before a high ball, making the count one ball, two strikes. And a strikeout for young Murphy. Vasquez caught looking. So that's two outs. That's two outs. No runners on base. Altuve is the batter that's up for the Astros. And he has not done shit this whole game with the stick. He has not done anything. We're getting through these uh, these system overloads and we're almost there, I promise. All right. All right. If you're still sticking through this, dude, I mean, like, this is crazy, right? It's nuts. So this is like, this is history. Um, but yeah, so Altuve, not done shit all game, pops up, pops out, left field, first pitch. I don't think I had sat in front of the TV for this long since, like, binging the first eight episodes of game of thrones when i first got into it or something because like this is game time started at one o'clock or like 107 and it's like 6 7 p.m now and we're heading into the what the 17th 18th inning like yo whoo but okay so now we are uh mariners are back up to bat bat mariners are up to bat and uh is the, where I forgot even what inning we're in now. So somewhere around there, 17 or something. But Mariners up to bat. Big Dumper. Uh, best player nickname, I think, in MLB history. I'm going to just put that down as fact. Um, watches ball one go by. Swings, misses on the second. Count is one and one. Another swing. A foul tip. Count is now one ball, two strikes. The fourth pitch for Big Dump. Out of the strike zone. And the count is two, two. Unfortunately, watches the fifth pitch go by, taking his big dumper back to the bench. So, now we got one man down. Mitch Hanniger holds back on the first pitch, takes ball one. Watches pitch number two go by. Now the count is 1-1. Fouls the next pitch. The count is one ball, two strikes. Hanniger pops up, pops out. The first fucking baseman. Come on, dude. Santana. Carlos Santana. Let's go. Up to bat. Two outs. Nobody on base. Santana's up to bat. Dude, he can he's got the power like anybody, man. He could crank this and it's 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 OV. Um, but he watches the first pitch bounce off the plate. That's a dirty ball. We don't want that one. Get that one out of here. Ball one. Rips a little line drive to right center. And here we are, baby. Here we are. Here we go. We got one runner on base. Adam Frazier, he struck out a couple times in these extra innings, so 
I don't got too much faith in the boy right now, but let's see. He's up to bat. Wild first pitch hits the dirt and Santana is off to the races, dude. Not going to lie. Kind of waddles like a duck. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Um, but he gets the second. He gets the second. He slides. He gets under the glove and uh, pinch runner Taylor Trammell is now in on second base substitutes for Santana because we can't have his duck waddling, you know, trying to score right now. We need somebody with speed and Taylor Trammell, double T, that's the man for the job. Um, So he's on second base now. Garcia's getting a little shaky, you know. Frazier watches ball two go by. Whew. Lucky day. Lucky day for Garcia because Frazier pops one up and it's caught. I'm seriously, at this point, I say, I'm seriously thinking of turning this TV off, dude, because this is just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We're in the top of the 18th inning now. Murphy's still on the mound. First two pitches. Balls to the batter, Pena. Strike one comes on a third pitch. Now the count is three balls, one strike after a pitch is outside. Full count now after Pena fouls the fifth pitch, and sheesh, dude. This is stressful. This is stressful. This is high, high level. This is like the highest level MLB play right here. Pitchers and, and, and batters, you know. Mind games at this point. Because you're like, okay, what the hell? Something's got to give, you know. It's 18 innings. It's seven hours. Jeremy Pena. Blast one, dude. Fucking blast one. He saw this pitch coming in, man. <sighs> Fucking blast it. Over the center field, over over Julio Rodriguez's head, man, over the fence. Holy shit! And that that's a that's the uh, that's the Astros. I think rookie. I think he's a rookie as well. Young guy on the Astros. One run for the Astros, dude. Holy shit! First pitch, next batter, ripped into left field. Kellenic with the diving catch, dude. Out number one of the 18th inning. Now the Astros are up one zero. Alex Bregman up to bat. The Mariners shift. Bregman comes up with a base hit. Murphy, my guy, gave up the only run of the game this far. But, you know, he did well. He did well. But alas, he's getting pulled. He gets pulled. Robbie Ray's up to from the pen up to the mound. Now, that's the last, that's the last pitcher we had in the bullpen. Now it's an empty bullpen, man. One out. Runners on first. Kyle Tucker's up to bat. Lefty versus lefty. My laptop might die. Again. Ah, laptop might die. Strike one. Followed by two balls and a pitch four. It's a big swing. Big miss by Tucker. Now the count is two and two. R-O-B-B-I-E. Robbie Ray. Strikeout number one for him. That gets us to two outs. Guriel is up to bat for the Astros. Watches what ball one go by. Questionable call for pitch two, but we'll take it because now the count is one ball, one strike. Runner still on first. Guriel, not going to lie. I thought I was about to throw my laptop at the TV because this looked like he was going yard. But easy, easy, easy catch for a right field. Hanniger reels it in. Reels it in. Ooh, Arby's got the meats, dude commercials come on i can't sit through these commercials this right here i'm stressing out it's the bottom of the 18th inning kelnick's up leading off 
this at bat. <sighs> Mariners got a score, dude. Pulls the first pitch foul. Zero balls, one strike. This is it, dude. Mariners need a run right here. They're donezo. That's the season. Kelnick pulls the second pitch foul. <sighs> Garcia's third pitch gets a little dirty. Gets a little dirty. It's down in the dirt. So one ball, two strikes. Kelnick pulls the fourth pitch and it stays inbound. But it's caught. It's out number one. He's caught. Damn. So one out. Nobody on base. JP up to bat. Watch a strike one go by before pulling trig and grounding out. Yikes, dude. So we can just feel it. We can see it. The season's slipping away, slipping through the fingers like a little, like some sand, dude. Going up in smoke like the haze that's out in the out in the Seattle uh, horizon. Actually, no, it's dark by this point, but you can still see the smoke out there under the lights. Julio, 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 Julio. Dude, the crowd's dead silent. Actually, it wasn't really that loud right now because everybody's kind of like, fuck, you know? But two outs, nobody on base. If anybody wants this at bat, if we had anybody that were like, we want this guy to be batting right now, it's probably this young man too because we don't know. He's got that it factor, you know? Watch a strike one go by. Big swing and a huge miss, dude, for pitch number two. Zero balls, two strikes. Third pitch comes in and he fucking rips it, dude. Rips it to center field. And it's caught. And god dang, dude. So upset. So upset right now. Right now and at that point, too. I was so mad. I was like, no, dude. I just sat through seven hours of this. I'm sure everybody else else felt the way. But hey, we know the result now. Three up. Three down. That's the name of the game, dude. Hats off to all the Mariners players and everybody that's been involved in their season, though. Because, I mean... They broke that that drought 21 years. That's nuts. 21 years. And this young squad, like there's a lot of young players with a lot of promise for future seasons. So really, this is just uh, a, a beginning, right? Like, hey, we made it here. Several rookies uh, helping us get here. So why not us? Why not us next season? Against the Astros, too, which they stuck in that, like the first three, the whole all the whole series. Every game, it was like, oh, yeah, Mariners could have won that one. It wasn't like it was like 10 to 0 and fucking, you know, like the, like they were just completely blown out. It was like there was a very legitimate chance for the Mariners to to pull a couple dubs out. But, you know, they just didn't um, didn't happen. Didn't happen. And that happens like it's the name of the game. It could have easily gone the other way. And that's that. That's that. But um, shout out to everybody that was out there supporting the 47,000 plus people standing in those bleachers and people stayed in there from what I could tell on the, on the camera, on the TV, like people were staying in there till the very end. It wasn't like other sporting events or games where, you know, people start trickling out, people start leaving early. Like everybody was there, you know, we were like, Oh, we're about to witness history. And we still did witness history like this whole season. And we've witnessed history with the, with this uh, series. So 
you know, whatever. It, it was cool. It was a fun season to watch, uh, especially towards the end. But hey, let's move on. Let's move on. That was a lot. That was a lot. If you're still here, thank you for uh, sticking through, dude. That was fun. Uh, it's October. So, you know, that means uh, what else? The winter uh, winter season is approaching. Uh, we know what that means. You get to hear me be annoying about how awesome going outside in the freezing cold and sliding down mountains uh, on this little wooden board. You know how fun that is. Uh, If you've ever thought about getting into winter sports, but you haven't quite pulled that trigger, why not now? Dude, test it out. Rent for a day or two. See if if it piques your interest. You know, those that, that like new challenges keyword here challenge is not going to be easy it looks easy it looks much easier than it like than it is when you see people that are like doing jumps and shit get all that out of your mind like just like just go out there try to enjoy it enjoy just the the beauty of 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 winter of the wilderness especially up here in the pacific northwest um you know, if you like adventure, trying new things this winter season, snow, snow sports might uh, might be right up your alley. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what else, dude? Right now it's still October. There's a cool crisp in the air. So we got the GDO playlist. Let's get into that. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up, dude. The GDO playlist. We're going to be doing a, a Halloween mix, dude. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, dude. You know that. You know that. Because it's a thriller. Ooh. I just spooked myself with that intro. Not going to lie. I remember the first time I saw that music video for Michael Jackson's thriller. I was hella scared. I ain't even going to lie. I was like 12 years old, too. I had nightmares about the makeup that they had in that dude. I ain't ashamed. I think because the the first time I watched it, it was like nighttime and it was like on MTV or something. And it was like, you know, I was by myself, maybe home alone. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to die right now. You know, like this could happen. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we'll be doing uh, some spooky songs, dude. Some thriller mix, dude. Some Halloween mix uh, that you can put on at the at the Halloween Halloween party. Some Michael Myers, like, uh, you know, some remixes, probably a bunch of uh, movie and TV show songs and intros, uh, like the American Horror Story intro. That's a good one. That's a good spooky one. Um, Probably do like, um, I I think I've heard a remix of the Stranger Things intro song, which is really cool. Um, If you're not too into the suspense or getting spooked, maybe don't tune into this GDO playlist, you know, but share it with a friend, share it with a friend. Uh, more to come on that playlist. The links will be in the description of the podcast. If you're still sticking around, I know this is a little bit longer one. So, um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. I need to drink some water. I'm getting sweaty. Thanks for going on that ride with me through the emotional Mariner's loss. Um, but Hey, keep on keeping on. Hope everybody's, uh, you know, getting ready for the holiday season with friends, family, loved ones. This is the time to to really sit down and evaluate. You know, people like to people people. Uh, at least personally, I don't know. Around the holiday season, I'm always like, damn, I should do this a little bit more, or be more thoughtful, or be more. You know, 
reach out to family and friends more. Um, but yeah, happy, uh, happy Halloween. Happy spooky season to all y'all spooky fans out there. Los Spookies. <laughs> but I'm going to just sign off right here. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Mwah.